Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, welcome everybody. It is Thursday, May 20th. I call this week the longest week of my life because it feels like it's Saturday or Sunday already. But we're here and we're ready for another edition of the Ohioan. As always, I have Brandon Craig with me. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Very good. Very good. Uh, I got to start out. I am on Vax a million watch at work. Uh, we had some crazy numbers yesterday. Um, each morning, we kind of go through what people are searching for across Ohio. And as of yesterday morning, 90% of the searches, of the big searches, had something to do with Vaximilian, how to enter, how to play. Isn't that crazy? Sounds about right. So, Brandon, I need your help. We need more story ideas for Vaximilian stories because we're focusing on Vaximilian stories because that's what people are reading. Do you have a story I could write today? Uh, go on Twitter and see how many are tweeting that they're signing up, and and but they said I didn't get the vaccine. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the uh, least least we're working on. Uh, we put out some messages for people to answer, like, what would you do with the money? Uh, I know the other day I wrote about how late night comedians are responding, and um, we had a good piece from Laura Bischoff yesterday uh, talking about how many people. <laughs> have registered for the lottery, and that's what we'll, we'll start today. Um, we were talking the other day about how many people actually think about registering. I mean, you know, because it's not just that you have to get the vaccine. You have to remember to sign up for the website. And they said, um, we did some digging, 25 million hits on the website the first day. And uh, the, people were pretty optimistic. There was... Um, you know, 25,000 new people get vaccinated the first day. Um, and there's a hundreds of thousands of signups. Uh, so people to register for lottery, too. And over 60,000 calls uh, from people trying to register by phone pour into the Ohio Department of Health call center. Um, Brandon, we're still, what, six days away from the first drawing. But it sounds like it's got more people in there some vaccinations. Yeah, um, it seems to at least, you know, get some people, maybe get, get more people. Hopefully it's getting more people uh, encouraged to go out and get vaccinated. Um, it's funny, I was talking to my mom about this, and I, as far as I know, I don't think it requires you have to get vaccinated within a recently. It could be anyone who's vaccinated. So she she thought, oh, I, I'm not eligible to apply even though I got vaccinated. I'm like, no, go, go and apply. You never know. So. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully those, I don't know if those numbers reflect, you know, newer recent vaccinations or, um, or, um, or if it's like people who have gotten vaccinated, but, um, oh, like, you know, probably back as early as, uh, April, but, or even like if they were eligible or even earlier, but, um, you know, but it's, this is a very weird, I wouldn't expect Ohio to put on this kind of of contest, but, um, um, it's interesting and, uh, um, hopefully, um, you know, we get, it, it gets more, it gets a lot more people vaccinated before the restrictions are lifted. It, it's created a funny buzz. I mean, um, at the end of this uh, podcast, um, I'll have an interview with, um, Rachel Coyle of how things work at the Ohio State House. And usually Rachel wants to talk about tons of Ohio State House stuff. 
we easily did 15 minutes on Vaximillion. It seemed to have kind of buzz. Um, Craig, you are our representative from the Fremont Sandusky County area. Has Fremont caught the Vaximillion buzz? You know, I don't know. I, I actually did a story yesterday about, um, you know, whether or not the Sandusky County commissioners would uh, do a, a, a vaccine um, incentive kind of uh, lottery. And they said, no, that they don't really support the, uh, you know, the use of federal funds to, uh, to be given away as a lot you know, for a lottery. So I don't know. I think, you know, people probably are signing up. I'd be interested to see what the local numbers are. My assumption is, is, uh, People may say one thing and but then do another. I signed up right away the other day, so um, I think there's probably got to be some excitement. I mean, you know, you're you're talking about the opportunity at a million dollars or as college scholars uh, a scholarship. So I can't imagine people wouldn't be overly excited about it. But um, you know, some people uh, may say you know talk a bigger game on on social media about how they don't support you know the the lottery. But I'm guessing that if they win, they're not going to say no to the money. All right. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, Brandon, we're all journalists, so, you know, we really shouldn't put our PR hats on too much because, you know, journalists and PR people do it a different way. But, Br Brandon, I want to give out a multi-million dollar PR idea. Tell me what you think about this. If you're a company or a celebrity that has influence Ohio or want more Ohio attention, why not call the state and say, hey, I'll match you $5 million. Let's make this prize $2 million for the five people that win. Can you imagine all the publicity that would get if somebody did that? Well, I'm not a legal expert, but I have a feeling some lawyer would be is clutching their heart at that idea right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, I don't know. Maybe it's pot legally possible, but um, it just seems a bit – there have been public-private partnerships, I guess, but I, I don't know. It it, it is, um, um, but it's not a bad idea, you know. Just to, from a PR standpoint, like, hey, if you want to help encourage more people to get vaccinated, but um, um, I guess there's nothing. I mean, I, I don't know if there's if the two if a private party could and uh, get work partner with the state, but maybe they could say, if you will win the state's $1 million prize, we'll happily compensate you our own 1 million, I guess. But um, uh, either way, you get the same kind of incentive to say, come on out and um, um, get vaccinated and enter the chance to win millions. Um, that's, that's awesome. That would be awesome. I mean, I did PR for a, multi-million dollar company in Canton and my goodness, the CEO kept me busy with all kinds of, Hey, we should do this. Hey, can I get on this board? Would that help? And everything else. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, we, we don't have access to every conversation behind closed doors, but I got to imagine somebody's at least asking that question. I mean, it may not be legal, but I'm, I'm sure that question is being discussed somewhere. I don't know. Um, Craig, would you what do you think about that deal? Would that you think that will work at a company? I don't know. I, I don't know if people really want to get that involved in this. I, I, I think that you know we're still trying to wrap our heads around the idea that we're having this. So I'm not sure if a company would want to get involved to that level. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know, it'd be hard to say, but it'd be interesting. So uh yeah, just a couple reminders for people. Um Monday is the deadline, so you know, we're in Thursday, so you got a couple days to sign up. It's OhioVaxamillion.com. Uh, I was kind of surprised. I signed up yesterday morning. I didn't really ask for too specific information. Uh, like, I put down what address I got in and everything. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more as the day gets closer. Um, hey, I'd like to try and get whoever wins on. We'll have to see if we can pull it off. So, it should be interesting. Um, I, I got to wonder, Craig, what's your friend Dan Tierney doing? I, I'm sure he's – this has kept him pretty busy, uh, the press secretary for DeWine. Yeah, I'm sure he's gotten quite a few requests, including a request from us to talk to him. So I'm sure Dan's uh, staying quite busy during this time. Yeah, I um, 
I reached out to Dan. Um, we were trying to get somebody on the, the day after uh, DeWine's speech, but there were so many national requests go- going on. Uh, Dan finally got back hold of me. I, I shared with him. I wrote a piece about the late-night comedians, and he said he appreciated that. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what's going on. Uh, busy days in Ohio. And like I said, uh, I'm not quite sure if it's a great idea or not, but it definitely gives us something to talk about. And it's Hey, exciting to see what happens. I'm looking forward to next week and uh, see who wins and uh, see what the fall is over this. Um, you don't have to worry about certain things in life. I'm uh, trying to give you guys some good advice. Um, hey, if you need a bank, Chase Bank. It's worked for me. Um, you know, on the website in our uh, provider uh, podcast provider page, there's a link to Chase Bank. If you're looking for a bank, if you're looking to upgrade or change your bank, try Chase Bank. Use our link, um, click the uh, sign up for direct deposit with that link, and they'll deposit $225 in your account. Check Chase Bank out. It's worked for me. We hope it works for you guys as well. Um, you know, Brandon, Craig, lots of other stuff happening. Um, some of the stores are already starting to make um, calls based on uh, with the mask requirement. Um, Ohio is kind of pulling back on requiring masks at businesses. So Giant Eagle stepped up and they said, hey, you don't have to wear a mask. It's optional starting Monday. Brandon, we've talked about this in other situations over the past couple of days. I'm not sure about this because Craig and I talked a couple of days ago about how do we trust that people will be honest and fair if they've been fully vaccinated or not. So now you're going to a situation where you can't tell people are fully vaccinated. I'm not sure if this is going to make me rush back to Giant Eagle. Well, I mean, um, I have to, th- I mean, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if you were shopping trips, Chris will be very, your shopping trip options will be limited, Chris, because I'm sure a lot of businesses are going to be rolling back their mask requirements. Um, it's just because it's, it's not really fair. I mean, well, let me say not fair is not the key word. Uh, fair for one certain party. But let's just say it's really difficult to put the burden of, you know, of of um, of whether or not you should a business should require um, to require people, to, its customers to wear a mask. Um, Partic without, you know, it's like because, my gosh, we've like I said on this show before, we've seen videos <clears throat> of people throwing tantrums for being asked to wear a mask when um, um, it was required by the law, required by state. Uh, I, w- I saw it in person one time when I went to a gas station and just some some a couple getting mad at the gas station attendant uh, when he told him, you have to wear a mask, it's the law. And, um, and he threw the biggest, I mean, it's just like, talk about seeing a man child just throwing a tantrum. I just, I don't get it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really shop at John Eagle all that, t- all that much, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I go to Aldi and I won't be surprised if Aldi didn't start enforcing a mask policy, but, um, it's just like, it's not really fair though. Even if they, those businesses said, yeah, we're putting in a mask policy. It really isn't fair for minimum wage workers to be actually the frontline person to kind of tell people to, Hey, put a mask on. And then they have to deal with the possibility of a customer just being <clears throat> annoying. Um, I just say, you know what, at this point, get vaccinated. If you're concerned enough about, well, is that person vaccinated or not? Well, you know, well, <clears throat> you, you, you can't control that. You know what you can control your, your, your own, um, um, your own body. So go out, get, get the shot. Um, you won't have to worry about whether people are uh, the right appropriate people are masking up. Um, that's the kind of psychological game we're playing today. Well, and the risk is much lower if you walk in there fully vaccinated. I mean, even if, you know, everybody else around you isn't. Um, I don't know, Craig. I mean, yeah, that's the best way to make sure you're, you're fully protected. I, I'm still for, I, I got to tell you, I got two special needs kids. I've got, um, I, I'm losing interest in just browsing around shopping. It's not like I never want to go to the store again. I, I just want to do more things in my life than just looking around for something. Um, do you think businesses are, are going to be motivated enough to 
continue some of the online options, either like, you know, the pickup or other things, even after COVID starts to diminish more? Yeah, I think, I think that's here to stay. Um, you know, for, for a lot of businesses, it was already there. Um, it's obviously been, you know, maybe a little bit more enhanced or maybe there was better offers for, you know, how much it would cost to do shipping or pickup. But I think um, regardless of COVID status, I think it, you know, pickup and online shopping and shipping and things like that, grocery delivery for some people, I think, I think that's here to stay. I, I can't imagine that they would just wipe the, you know, wipe that off the face of the earth just because COVID's done or because mask mandates are over or whatever it may be. I, I, I really think moving forward, that's going to be another, uh, you know, revenue stream for a lot of these companies. Well, and as you guys said, it is a, <clears throat> there is a lot of business decisions to go into it. So, you know, there is a fear saying if you enforce a mask mandate, you may not get quite as many business, you know, people in your store to spend money and, you know, we talk about how, you know, the economy needs a little bit of a boost now. Businesses need a boost. And it's not just the fact of, hey, keeping them open. I mean, uh, some people just want to have more business. So it's a fine line. People have to kind of decide what's best for them, I, I guess. Um, want to give a little bit more advice now. I'm actually home store. If you're looking for furniture around this time, um, you know, actually home store offers a lot of great deals. Um, you could do your shopping online. So, again, if you click on our link uh, on our website or on um, the podcast provided checkout to page, you'll get a savings coupon right away, and you can use it to shop online. I think if you want to, you can bring it to the store, uh, arrange for um, you know shipping or delivery for your furniture. It, it's a great way of doing business, especially now uh, during COVID-19. Um, a couple things I want to spend some time on. You know, we've talked about chicken a couple weeks ago, and these chicken wars are not ending. Um, Burger King is now has a chicken sandwich. I hope I'm saying this white right. Uh, chicken, which is launching on June third, kind of looks like a modified Popeye's chicken or maybe one of the Chick Fil A chickens. Uh, man, Brandon, why are we all excited about the chicken now? It's we're not um, arguing about hamburgers anymore. All these food places want to bring out the next greatest chicken sandwich. I think partly it's there's been a trend of like people wanting to eat less uh, red meats or you know reduce their meat consumption, uh, beef or beef's consumption. Excuse me. Um, but um, so that's why I think chicken sandwiches are kind of like this go to go to thing. But um, you know, really, and also, I mean, there's been a lot of good restaurant concepts that have that have done really well with the chicken uh, sandwich concept, like Chick-fil-A or whatnot. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, McDonald's is kind of like, I always, you look to them and as far as sort of this bellwether of restaurant trends, because they always seem to like, you know, it started out, it's just burgers. And then they started adding, you know, this, this menu item because this restaurant was doing it. They added this menu item. Like, I mean, there was a time when McDonald's went from just serving black coffee to, upping their their cafe options to McCafe after the Starbucks crave. Um and so um you know chick they you know you know um so even then like McDonald's is up there has done always done chicken sandwiches but they've kind of they're kind of embellished them a little bit to get to cater to that chicken market. So this is no different, you know, Burger King's trying to get some gets get partake in this this market that's been around been uh uh, not emerging, but kind of like been getting a new kind of perspective or or change. So that's just my observations. Nothing, nothing analytical or really. Uh, um, I could be all way off <laughs> the mark, but that's what I how I see it. Uh, Craig, I, I think you were saying in the past you're not a huge chicken guy, but you know, Bird King heard you. They said chicken. They said, Craig, we're going to give you a ham breaded chicken fillet. We're going to give you pickles and a signature sauce served on a potato bun. So this is kind of like Big Mac. It sounds like a secret sauce, and they're not going to say what it is. Craig, are you excited? Are you? Well, I mean, I'm a chicken fan. I just, I, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm not caught up on why chicken sandwiches. I, I mean, Brandon kind of explained it pretty well there, but 
you know, I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to why there's such a huge chicken war out there with uh, with everybody. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a big fan of chicken cooked many ways, but uh, it seems like we've gotten into this mode where you know, fried chicken sandwiches are the are the thing to beat now. And I get it to a certain degree that you know it's probably cheaper to make and cheaper to buy. And then you can kind of oversell it a little bit on the price and maybe make a bigger profit margin. But I mean, you know, I'll, I'd probably try this. You know, I, I really have not tried every chicken sandwich in the chicken sandwich war. So I don't know if I should uh, should get involved and try to do that. Otherwise, you know, there's there's probably too many to try at this point. But I would probably try this. Why are we all excited about signature sauces? I mean, you know, I've had a lot of Big Macs over my life, and they always talk about that special sauce. And why are we making it so private? I mean, you know, the Big Mac sauce is probably some mix of mayo. It's not like this big secret, I guess. Why are we all excited about this? Do you guys know? You know, I think everybody likes a, a different flavor, and they want to they want to try to stand out. You know, I don't really care for special sauce, stuff like that. <clears throat> but um, I think they just want to stand out and be different. So it's not just barbecue sauce or ketchup, you know, having something unique on it maybe helps enhance the flavor, but also helps it stand out from some of the other ones, maybe. And maybe they're trying, I don't know, Brandon, are they trying to keep it a secret? Because if they say, hey, it's a uh, half ketchup and half horseradish. And I guess somebody will steal the idea. I, I don't know. It just seems like there's so many things in life. I mean, just tell me what's on your sauce. Don't make it secret. You know? I think secret sauce is just another fancy way of saying Thousand Island dressing for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and because it's just boring, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, it's just as Mark and employee, but um uh, who knows if it's strictly um, thousand, just simply thousand islands dressing with maybe one one odd ingredient that maybe we we would we would not want to partake if uh, Max Sauce had we found it Max Sauce is thousand islands dressing with I don't know some weird weird um, seasoning that um, you get from scorpions or something I I have no idea I'm making stuff up by the way people don't take me seriously <laughs> um, you know I mean I guess that, you know it's funny because you look at all these restaurants and what's their kind of mac sauce version you have the mac sauce at mcdonald's you have the zesty sauce at burger king um the horsey sauce at arby's i mean um it's um um it's it's ever saw every and then chick-fil-a sauce you know my gosh you know it's uh that sauce is okay but um my gosh, when people go crazy for it, and if you look at that latest shortage, I mean, they had to blame Joe Biden for the, the shortage of Chick-fil-A sauce. My <laughs> God, world's ending. Um, but um, um, so we definitely got our priorities straight, I guess, in this country. Um, yeah, that's all I have on sauces. <laughs> See, my, my brain warped this morning because I got really couldn't get back to bed. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to. You know, get ready for the podcast, do some things ahead. So I flip on YouTube, and there's this, like, subsect of political YouTube videos now where they take two-minute clips of people yelling at each other during a, like, congressional debate. So there's, like, you know, Ted Cruz yells at Chuck Schumer or, you know, uh, Jim Jordan and, you know... Nancy Pelosi getting a fight, or you know, and it seems like a lot of people like watching that stuff. Well, if I'm in Congress, and you know, maybe I should run sometime. Here's what I'm gonna be yelling at people about. I think we should say no special sauce. Reveal what your sauces are. <laughs> That's all I'll argue about. I wonder who, who would argue with me about that. You think Ted Cruz would hate the idea? Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like, is it really, I mean, given the fact that the uh, FDA probably has to inspect everything that all these businesses do, is it really that secretive? I mean, they probably have reports about ingredient, you know, ingredient list and what sauces, because you can't right. just sell something. You can't sell something or, or especially food consumption wise without the FDA knowing what's inside it. I mean, yeah. So maybe maybe there's a, yeah, so maybe there's like a public records request we can you know do from our our, our local FDA you know branches or the you know the, just the national branch and just say what are in these special sauces because 
There sh- it well, shouldn't be secretive. Well, I think they put the ingredients list on the packaging, actually. It's just you don't okay. know how they put all those ingredients together. So. Right. Well, it, I've seen a lot of tutorials where you know on, on YouTube where people have created their own version of a special sauce. So I'm, I'm sure there's ways that you can find. If you want to make your own McDonald's special sauce, you could probably find out how. Well, yeah, there's always been lobbyists in, in Washington. What if there's big restaurant lobbyists that are paying uh, Congress people off to keep their, you know, sauce a secret? You know, I, I mean, I think it'd be great. I, I think if I get into Congress, we can make um, the secret sauce into a big political argument. There'll be like conspiracy theories going around and everything else. I think it'd be fascinating. Well, you guys don't like this idea. Well, no, it's just uh, you know I, I guess you know lo- the lobbyists have have done worse. So you know I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a chicken like you know chicken sandwich lobby out there. You know, I mean that's why we have so many chicken sandwiches. Well, here's the other here's the argument against what I just said. Um, it seemed like Burger King did unveil a spicy version. Now you could say, hey, here's our secret way that we do it. But the article just says includes a spicy glaze, which when I think about that, I'm like, ugh, that doesn't sound too good. So maybe it is good that they we have some secret part to it. You know what I mean? I mean, spicy glaze doesn't entice me to go buy a spicy chicken sandwich. Does it you? Is is it because you think it's like dripping from it or something, or why? Why is this the just the word? It's like it's like the word moist, where you just don't like that word or something. Yeah, it just doesn't sound appealing. Like yeah. m- maybe maybe like the paragraph before they said, "Hey, it's our special sauce," or when Big Mac says it's our secret sauce, maybe there's at least some mystery. But if you know it's like a glaze, or if it's like you know Thousand Island dressing, maybe it's not that exciting. Chris, it sounds like you want. Bland sauce. That's that's the only way it's appealing. <laughs> bland sauce. Get your chicken sandwich with with a nice simple bland glaze sauce. <laughs> well, I'm. Is that appealing, Chris? Is it? It might be. I, uh, I understand. <laughs> I'm totally contradicting myself from minute to minute here, but it's like I don't want the secret of special sauce because you know I don't know what they're putting into it. And like I said, big restaurant is paying off Washington so they can put whatever they want in these sauces. But then on the other hand, if they reveal their sauce, it's boring as heck. I mean, you know, the spicy glaze that just doesn't sound too exciting, you know, or. If if they say, "Hey, Big Mac's just Thousand Island dressing," you know that's boring. I, I guess we need something. We need some mystery in our lives, maybe. Well, isn't it mystery enough that you're eating fast food meat? I mean, is that yeah. does that constitute as mystery enough? We we're not really sure exactly what we're eating, so um, maybe we maybe we need to take out less. We have we need less mystery in the chicken sandwich wars. And I love how Burger King, you know, some people argue about chicken. Now, I know when you talk about breaded chicken, that's not super healthy by any means. But, you know, some people say, oh, chicken, it's a little healthier than hamburgs. Well, Big Mac, uh, not Big Mac, Burger King is doubling down saying, hey, if you order the sandwich online or through the app, we'll also throw in a free Whopper. So I love how Burger King's doubling down stuff. They're like, hey, you know, we'll give you a Whopper, too. Well, I'm sure people take advantage of that deal. Oh, yeah. It's not healthy. I mean, it's not going to win any health awards. But, hey, if you want to fill up, you know, why not? It'll, it'll, maybe it'll entice people. Like, hey, I'm going to get a Whopper anyway, so let's do this chicken sandwich deal. So then that's a good way of maybe for them to, to get people to eat the chicken sandwiches. You know, you come out, you, you want your Whopper anyway. Well, here, here's a chicken sandwich. Let's get this deal. I'm sure they'll promote that deal quite a bit, too. Well, and the other thing in the story, Brandon, that's kind of mysterious is I know um, in Ohio, our Acrobica Journal paper did a story of the weekend uh, talking about some perceived chicken shortages, you know, just just with the way the summer's going. Uh, Brandon, do you think there might be chicken riots if we run out of chicken with all the demand for chicken out there? Well, we've rioted for less, I think. Um, I think back to that terrible... Um, McDonald's marketing ploy when they try to bring back the Szechuan sauce um, because um, the TV show Rick and Morty had made a big big deal out of it. Um, it was weird because 
it was uh back there you know mcdonald's brought that sauce out for the animated mulan movie in the 90s and i lo and behold i didn't i didn't even recall call about that sauce back then but um <laughs> and so they came out and said we're bringing it back but then they did it like 20 sauces per location without really tell it without really thinking that not everyone's going to show up or something and my gosh crowd showed up folks got on tables um <laughs> It was you would have thought they were the same writers at the Manchester United uh, Stadium pitch. Um, uh, so we got our priorities straight here, I guess, in terms of food, I suppose. But um, um, yeah, I don't know about necessarily chicken shortage. I mean, everything's it's we're who would have thought we live in a time and era where fast food places have to shut down because they just don't have enough workers or they don't have enough supplies. Um, it's we definitely we're definitely living in a very strange times. Heck, um, even aliens might be real. So, yeah. what, what what can I say? Well, I gotta think too. You know, we protested. Now, I'm sure depending on what side of the political aisle you're on, maybe we rioted last year, whatever the case might be. But you know, we protested. Something horrible happened. I mean, on a serious note, for a second, obviously, you know, the George Floyd death was awful. It was terrible. And, you know, Americans took to the streets, they rioted, they protested, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, hey, we, we saw some progress. Um, you know, there was conviction in the George Floyd case. Uh, do you think Americans are going to take the same tone? I mean, yeah, obviously, chicken is not as serious as systemic racism in our country. But maybe, you know, Americans are saying we need a cause to fight for this year. And, yeah, I mean... You know, we're starting to make progress in systemic racism. So let's make progress in the chicken wars. And we're going to start to see some protests over chicken wars. How about that? This is just on um, a hypothetical that we have a chicken shortage. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that's kind of silly to compare the two, to, to be honest. But um, um, yeah, Mike, we're spending way too much time talking about this, to be honest. We should probably oh, move on. <laughs> well, we move. Uh, first couple topics are pretty quick. So I, I, we had to put some juice into this. So, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so let us know what you think about Burger King and the, and the chicken wars and uh, what chicken we have. And, um, you know, on a serious note, if you really want to protest chicken, I'm, I will not join your protest. So I'm not going to be marching on Washington or, or on Columbus, you know, at the state house to fight for chicken. That's one fight I, I don't want to be a part of. So, um, hey, um, again, long week for me. I, I honestly, guys, I cannot believe it's only a Thursday, but you know, this is our last, um, regular news show of the week. Um, one of you, some good advice, just a promo what's coming, uh, this weekend. Um, Craig, I, I think you got an interview with George later today, right? Yeah, so I'll be uh, talking to George Thomas again, so very excited about that. Yeah, so Friday, um, Craig's big pop culture show with some uh, George Thomas uh, conversation. Um, he's going to talk to Bob Garver and unveil his reviews himself for the week. So check that out. That'll release uh, Friday morning. Uh, Saturday morning, uh, our other podcasters, Paul and Joe, uh, they'll come in. And, and we, we got a lot to talk about this week. Um, we give our kind of takes on the weird and wacky news across the country. I think Paul's got another book review for us. And then Sunday, uh, Paul's a pastor in Pittsburgh. Uh, we will share some of his devotions that he presents during the week then. So uh, lots of content to check on, out in the Highland. Uh, definitely, um, you know, check it out over the weekend as well. Uh, another thing I was kind of bewildered about is – um, you know, social media, most social media is free. There's always been some talk about what would happen if Facebook ever had a paid tier or if we ever charge for Facebook. Um, Facebook keeps saying, hey, it's always going to be free. Don't worry about it. But now we're hearing reports that Twitter is considering a paid extension of their service called Twitter Blue. Um, what they're saying is you can organize your tweets like or the tweets that you save. So either like likes or bookmarks. Originally, you could bookmark a tweet. You'll see all the bookmarks. Now you can organize it by category if you do the paid service. Also, if you send a tweet. Now, on Twitter, you can never really delete tweets. You can delete a tweet, but it's still out there in the records of people who have access somewhere. 
now they're saying if you pay for the service, you'll have up to 30 seconds to delete a tweet. So if you if you send a tweet out and you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to get me in trouble, or if there's a misspelling or something you want to take back, you have 30 seconds to delete it, so it won't be around anymore. Uh, they're saying they'll charge $2.99 a month for this service. Brandon, I'm a huge Twitter guy. I know not everybody's into Twitter. I like using Twitter for personal stuff, but I'll be honest, I don't see why this is worth it for me. Uh, any interest for you for a paid Twitter service like that? Uh, not really. Um, I think, um, you know, my wife saw this and th- hopes that it will get me off Twitter. But um, um, as far as I understand, this is more of a... Um, um, this is more of an extra thing, and it's just something that um, I would have. It would it would require. Um, this would require more of um, you know, like worth my while to have these kind of features or whatever, you know. So, um, you know, I, I think it. In it, I had thought though there could be this trend one day where a lot of the stuff that we take for granted today, like tweets and shares and likes that might all get monetized in some way. But, um, and you know, maybe that's what we'll take, it'll take to kind of keep, um, the spread of misinformation really down low. It's like, Hey, you want to share this meme and woefully inaccurate meme. Guess what? Pay, pay, pay up, I guess. But, um, you know, because the, or, you know, you can't share something, you know, after a hundred shares, you can't share that it can't be shared anymore or something like that. That's how I've always felt like, man, they should really consider doing that for disinformation and misinformation kind of, um, issues. But, um, you know, um, my wife, my wife was like hoping that this would be like the only option. Like you can only get on Twitter if you pay the $3 a month. And uh, she's like, yeah, I'll get a, get you off Twitter. Cause I am very much addicted and, uh, I have to be careful about that, that usage. Um, so, um, but no, I, uh, I'll probably for now just enjoy, uh, the free version and, and, you know, kind of maybe do a little more research about the, uh, subscription model and see if it's really meets my needs. Craig, what would it take for you to be a subscriber? Like what would you want Twitter to be able to do for you to pay whatever it is per month? Ooh, I don't know that there is anything that Twitter can do to, you know, to make me pay. Now, I will say this, that if it ever, I enjoy Twitter a lot. It's my favorite social media outlet. But the only way that I would really ever pay for Twitter is if I had no choice but to pay for Twitter. Like if they just went to a total subscription model. And even then I would probably consider, is it really worth it? I like the idea of this undo button, but if it only gives you like 30 seconds to decide you know, or if there's no like edit function or anything like that. I I just feel like that's the only thing that would really entice me is, you know, a little bit more of an opportunity to edit. If you misspell something more than 30 seconds though, to undo that's, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, you want days or weeks or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, I think if there was an edit button and then maybe um, you could, look at like on Facebook, if someone edits a post, you can look to see what their original post was. And I know that a lot of people might, you know, look at this as an option for some of those people that have kind of messed up on Twitter, maybe said some things that they shouldn't have said. And if they could edit, they would edit and and everything would be hunky dory, but it really wouldn't if you could go back and see what people edited. So you could at least hold someone accountable for making, making a mistake while understanding that they acknowledge that they made a mistake. But I, I'm not really sure that I'd ever pay for a social media app like Twitter, even though I really enjoy it. I just, I don't think there's really anything that I could think of that would change my mind. Well, here's the other thing too, Brandon. Um, you know, Facebook is free, but there is a algorithm that's saying even for your personal posts, you know, it's not necessarily being seen by everybody that's on your friends list. I mean, it's more seen by people who are more likely to like your posts or share your posts. So I don't know what else Twitter can offer. Because really, Twitter, you see what everyone else posts if you do a search by the latest tweets from whoever you follow. So, like, I, I'm trying to think of what else Twitter could really offer other than the edit button. 
But is the button alone enough worth, you know, what, five bucks a month or ten bucks a month? Uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess the only other thing I could think of is maybe you can have more access to direct messaging people. But I don't know if other people would like that, you know. So I, I'm not sure what else Twitter could offer to make it more appealing. Yeah, I mean, I could use an edit button sometimes. I, I look at my tweets and like, ah, you know, I should, I, I, of all people who should watch, read, re, you know, I should be doing more of previewing what I tweet out. But, um, um, but you know, I don't, it's one of those like, you know, I have an expectation for things to be free. And, you know, it's if, if Facebook can offer the edit feature for free, then I don't see why Twitter can't. But, um, you know, um, what I would... You know, I think um, subscription services like um, the subscription model is just such an odd thing. I, I just think it would be fun if, if um, and you know, you always think why why is it a struggle for for the news industry to kind of get uh, get partake in the subscription model? It's just that it's like trying to tell people, hey, you need to subscribe to. Um, you know, you get subscribed to the encyclopedia, you know, or Britannica or whatever, you know, like it's just boring. And it's like, Oh, do I really want to subscribe to like an updated real time forever encyclopedia? It's just like, um, maybe some people would, but it, it would be enough to be, be profitable. Um, just, I don't know. It's just because people might not value local news, um, today. So, um, plus they, like I said, it's, there's like, it's easier to just go on Facebook and post a question and say, Hey, uh, does anyone know what's going on here or with this or what that, or, you know, and then a few days later, someone will post the very same question because the original one got po pushed down. So, um, people kind of like that interaction, that real time kind of, um, engagement there with, with that. And that's what I think a new struggles technically, I, it's like, whereas Netflix and, those other streaming services offer more entertainment value. So, uh, you know, I, you know, with, with Twitter though, it's more of a, Hey, here's some features that could make your experience even better on this platform. I don't know if, if any, really they could add some of the greatest features on there. Um, and I still wouldn't know if people would jump on it because I don't know if it's enough of a, if it's really like this will give me the edge to be a better Twitter user. Um, when the free, when it's just like, you know, just do a little bit more of the work on your end to still have a good Twitter. Like people have become really good at Twitter. I mean, it's just amazing to see the kind of creativity they come up with over the years to kind of convey a message. So yeah, it's all, that's where my thinking's at right now. I guess the only other thing on Twitter that would be interesting to me is if there's a way that you could follow different topics. Like I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, just because you tweet about the Steelers, if I follow you, if one of you, every 10 tweets is about the Steelers, I may not be interested in something else that you say. I wish there was a way that you could like follow a hashtag or where you can automatically bring up that particular discussion. I mean, that might be interesting, but I'm not sure if you could put a value to it. Like, I, I wouldn't say, hey, if you have that available, I'd pay 10 bucks more. Um, like other social networks, like I get annoyed on YouTube where there should be a way if there's somebody you like, like I, I like Conan O'Brien. I wish there was a way you could have a safe search where you could pull up every Conan O'Brien video that came out the other day or whatever else the case might be, or, or every video about him or something, or like on Facebook, I like posting the Facebook groups. I wish there was a way you could organize that as well. So maybe like if we're Twitter, Facebook, you know, come up with a better feature you could offer. And maybe that subscription could be, you could take advantage of those features. But, and I guess that's what Twitter is trying to do. I'm not sure for three bucks a month, if what Twitter is offering is really that compelling. So I, I don't know. I say the same thing because Craig, as I say this, um, you know, we always talk about supporting local journalism and get digital subscriptions. You know, some people are like, well, why are you saying that when you're offering that yourself? Well, that's a challenge we have as newspapers too, is how do we keep trying to better our content to make it worth subscription costs? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think in newspapers, we're doing the same thing, right? 
Yeah, um, you know, I think it's about what you perceive as the value. I mean, does you know, Twitter thinks the value that people will pay two ninety nine for is the undo button and and maybe you know other bells and whistles, then that's fine. And you know, obviously, in any business, I mean, I like to remind people. You know, yes, we we do work on behalf of the public to inform them of it, of information going on, but we're also a business, and we do need to make money in order to stay alive. And you know, Twitter doesn't necessarily need to do this the way we need to make money to stay alive, pay our people. You know, Twitter's going to survive whether they have ads, you know, or a, a, sub, a subscription supported, you know, portion of the app or not. So it's similar, but it's also somewhat different too, in my opinion. Yeah, and maybe if you subscribe, offer more ads, you know, paid ads that you can give out to people. And even if you're not a business, you know, I don't know, offer more promoted tweets or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, you, you just got to make it better. So, oh, before I forget, um, a final piece of good advice I want to give. Um, brighten up your clothing. Guys, I didn't tell you this, but I have not had to wear doctors for the past year because of COVID. So Sunday morning, I wanted to wear doctors to church. I was madly going for my pants. Uh, as everyone else, I think I've gained the COVID-15 or whatever you want to call it. So uh, back. And so my pants were fitting. And, man, my pants were all blah, boring, you know, brown, you know. But Caribbean Apparel offers you bright clothes. Um, you know, check out Caribbean Apparel. Uh, lots of fascinating clothes you could try out. Brighten up your clothing with Caribbean Apparel. Uh, and again, use the link on our website or on our podcast provider to check them out. All right. Well, before I go, we go, just wanted to give an opportunity to shout out something. I'll start. Um, late breaking news last night. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets rehired John Davidson, who is the president of hockey operations. He left Columbus a couple years ago because he got that same offer in New York with the team he grew up with, uh, the Rangers. He's coming back to Columbus. And I got to say, I'm a big John Davidson guy. Um, he's got a definite radio voice. He's got a booming, distinctive voice. Always enjoyed talking to him when he was in Columbus. And it's good to see him come back. I'm a huge Blue Jackets fan, but I am a fan of John Davidson. I'm glad he's coming back to Columbus. Uh, Craig, Brandon, anything you guys want to mention before we close? Let's support local journalism. Go out there, get a subscription uh, to wherever your local <laughs> paper is. Yep, very good. Uh, Brandon, anything going on with you? Um, let's see. No, nothing new to report. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll, back, I'll second Craig's statement. Yeah, I'll third that. Always good to support local journalism. All right. Well, hey, you'll hear the ad for Hope Interrupted. Continue to check out the podcast. The podcast is on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, they did a bunch of events to promote the book release, which was last week. Uh, but they are coming back shortly with new shows. Check it out and check out their book, um, at Hope Interrupted. Uh, and that will definitely support the show as well. So lots of stuff to check out. Um, also, after the ad, uh, I'll do a um, post my interview I had with uh, Rachel Quill of How Things Work at the Ohio State House. Um, more Vaximillion talk. Uh, we talk a lot about Vaximillion and what it means for Ohio as well. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. We will be back on Monday with new shows. Again, check out Craig's uh, Pop Culture and um, the silliness of me and Joe on Saturday. Me, Joe, and Paul on Saturday. And then uh, Paul will share some faith content on Sunday. Um, for Craig and Brandon, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Ohio and have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com. All right. Welcome back to the Ohioan. And, um, you know, she was tied up last week. I was tied up last week. It was a 
busy week last week. So we missed Rachel uh, Coyle, but we're very excited to have her back from how things work at the Ohio State House. Rachel, man, as always, it's been a fun week. How are you today? I am I'm good. I'm here. We're both here. We're doing okay. How are you? Definitely, definitely. I, I'm doing okay, too. I, you know, it's been quite the week. Um, I've, for work, and just because they're, uh, they make me laugh, the DeWine press conferences, you know, hearing reporters ask questions. I don't know. I get, get a kick out of them. Uh, so I've probably seen most of them, if not all of the DeWine speeches since the beginning of COVID. And, you know, going into his speech last week, I'm like, you know, there ain't going to be nothing new. It'll be the same old DeWine. Maybe it'll be a, a Fran DeWine recipe or whatever. There'll be nothing new, nothing different. And then, man, halfway through the press conference, we started talking about Vax a million and college scholarships. My mouth was literally hanging open. And I'm, like, sitting here going, I don't usually react this way during a DeWine press conference, but – you know, hey, there's they're giving away five one million dollar prizes. If you're a teen, there's five state full ride state scholarships on the line. Uh, what are you hearing about this? Uh, you know, from what you do with the state house. You know, it's uh, it's a unique idea, and honestly, the reactions from the state house were were pretty mixed at the beginning. Folks on both sides of the aisle were not fans of the idea that we'd have a a lottery for people who got vaccinated, but you know, I'm not going to knock something that that's working. Um, Ohio announced on or, or a few days ago that over 25,000 people got vaccinated the day after they made this announcement about this this lottery, and it it makes sense. You know, there might be a bunch of people who weren't sure if they were going to get the vaccine, but not for any real reason. Like maybe they just didn't feel like it, or they didn't want to deal with figuring out where to get one. Or maybe they were just on the fence about whether or not they wanted it. And that 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 lottery must have pushed them over the edge. And now we're getting, you know, we're getting closer to keeping and protecting more of our citizens, keeping folks alive. And there's a it, there's a fun reason why it's happening. So I'm not going to knock something that's working. Yeah. And from a state perspective, you know, one of the things I do with my work for Gannett Ohio newspapers is we always search for what people are searching for uh, using Google Trends and this morning, I think I quoted Rachel, 27 in the top 30. That might have been a little bit high, but the vast majority of searches this morning were something to do with a vaccine or a high lottery, how to sign up and everything. I, it is a popular topic. Um, I'm looking at our numbers. Uh, we have like a big board of what people are clicking on in our papers, and at least half of them are stories that we've written about uh, the the vaccine the vaccine lottery. Um, I wrote something a couple days ago to well in the dispatch that's still trending in the top ten, and usually that doesn't happen for stories a few days ago. I mean, you know, there's a lot of interest, I, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, Rachel, I'm not sure if you saw this. Uh, we're taping this Wednesday. I go get this with the Thursday edition of our show, uh, but there was an announcement today saying. Uh, the website, vaccinemillion.com, got 25 million hits on the first day, and the hundreds of thousands of Ohioans signed up. Um, what do you think about uh, the process? When this first started, uh, the, assumption, the assumption was, hey, we'll pick a name, then we'll verify them if they're vaccinated or not. But it seems now that you have to sign up. Um, I was telling one of my co-hosts in the morning, I'm wondering how many people are actually going to sign up that are even vaccinated. I mean, it's a busy time, and although it's been all over the news, maybe not a lot of people know about vaccinemillion.com, and they have to sign up first. Yeah, that is something that's a little frustrating, which is when they made this announcement originally, they didn't mention that you'd have to proactively sign up for it. And that announcement came later, which you're right, will mean that some folks don't end up getting a chance to participate when they thought they would have. Uh, so that is that's a little frustrating, but it is a, it's an easy process to sign up. Um, you can it's a website or a phone number. So it's the website is Ohio Vax a million dot com. Or you can call one eight three three four ask ODH and sign up. And it's real easy to enter. But it is. It's odd that they didn't announce at the beginning uh, that you'd have to sign up, and now you do. Um, so I guess we're just we're rolling with it as we go. But I want to make sure everybody knows how to sign up if so they can uh, get.
get that million dollars. We were guessing um, on the podcast, and nobody knows until you know we get numbers after the first thing. I got to be honest, Rachel. I'm thinking, I'm you know, sometimes people just don't want to do the work to sign up for something. I'm thinking maybe you get 70% of those vaccinated sign up for it because it is an easy process. I signed up this morning. It took me probably two minutes to do. But, you know, sometimes people forget or as much as we try to get the information out, people just don't see the news. Well, that would increase the odds that you win because if fewer folks enter, then it gives you a better chance. Uh, So maybe that'll be motivation for some folks to get that vaccination and get signed up. The joke at our morning editors means, I think I can disclose this. Hey, again, very jokingly, I mean, you know, we have to have fun during the editors means. A lot of the Ohio editors was like, hey, no more stories about Ohio Vaccinillion. The more people sign up, the less chance I have to win. So, again, <laughs> very jokingly, the sure. point of this all is obviously we want to get more people vaccinated. But, you know, you, you, got, you have to have some water humor there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. So there's only a a little over 11 million people in Ohio and this website got 25 million hits. Uh, And so not all these people were folks who were signing up. So it it really shows that there's interest in this issue. There's attention nationally probably coming in to this website to see if, you know, how it'll work and if it'll work. So it is that adds an aspect to it where it's actually getting national attention. And maybe if it does well, we might see other states do the same thing. Yeah, I think the big number, usually uh, mid to late week, um, I, I think it was supposed to come out today, but there was a little delay. Uh, the big number is going to be worse Ohio going to be at the end of the first week. And I'm not expecting, it was like 41% last week. Now, these things save time. I'm not expecting Ohio to be 80% this week. But I think as the next five weeks comes, I think the true test of is this a good idea, is this good for the state, is going to be where are we going to be at the end of that five-week period. Um, you know, very promising. Like you said, there was like 25,000 Ohioans, you know, get the vaccine. I'd be interested to see where we're at percentage-wise. I, is there a percentage that – would make you happy or maybe some of the people that you work with happy. Like, like I'm trying to figure out what's a realistic percentage to say, Hey, in essence, we're investing 5 million plus whatever the cost of the college um, scholarships are to get a better vaccination. So right. when 60%, maybe at the end of five weeks, would that be a success or. So that's a great question because, you know, honestly, the goal is to get to herd immunity, which would be like 85 percent vaccinated, which we probably won't get to, which is unfortunate because it does mean that there's going to be folks who still get sick because we haven't reached enough of us vaccinated that it protects everyone. Um, But I can't you know, if this if this process gets, you know, another million folks vaccinated or another two million or a large number where you're actually protecting more community members and vulnerable folks with a lottery, I personally will be happy. It'd be very interesting to see, you know, what that percentage is that starts getting them positive press for it. But the more the more vaccinations, the better, in, in my opinion. So if this is how we get there, I'm OK with it. We talked a lot on our morning show on they um, offer more details on Monday. Weird thing about this when the announcement was, it was like, hey, we're on the lottery. And people were like, well, how's this going to go? Well, we're having the lottery. We'll, we'll, like, as you said, it was almost like they were making up as it goes. Um, it would be interesting. We, we got some fuel from our morning show on what happens if, you know, Jim Jordan wins the lottery or what happens if, you know, uh, some media members are very outspoken against the vaccine win. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. They're doing the drawing early. And, you know, they're going to verify that you've gotten the vaccine and then they'll announce it. So in essence, during this Ohio lottery show um, on the 26th, right? Um, a week from today, mm-hmm. they'll announce the name, but it won't be like they're reaching their hand in the bucket and drawing the name out. It's just going to be like, hey, here's the winner. Um, so it's going to be an interesting process. And they did verify there are certain groups that are not eligible. So you're not going to see John Houston win the first night or you know, Mike DeWine win or Fran DeWine or anybody like that, uh, which would make it better. Um, I always, again, the point of this is to have more people get the vaccine. I'm always a chaos theory. Like, what happens if, you know, the Wexers win the lottery or, you know, some rich person, do they donate the money back? And I'm actually surprised, if not even just for the PR aspect, 
that some guy with money didn't say, hey, great idea, Governor wine. I'll match it. You know what I mean? And say, here's five more million, where you know, the prize is now two million self one. Uh, but who knows? I, again, oh. I would love that. That'd be incredible if somebody would throw in, you know, so another five people could win a million dollars. That'd be great. Let's keep this going if it were. Yeah. Or, or even, even if the, like Ohio says, hey, we're only picking five people, make it a little bit more juicy of a prize. Maybe if, you know, five more million gets pitched in by somebody, now it's what, five, two million dollars worth of money. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to just see what happens. Yeah, I'm surprised the PR angle of it. I was shocked the company didn't jump in on that. If nothing else, because man, you put out that press release, you're getting good coverage for the next week or two. Yeah. National coverage too. Maybe this yeah. podcast will incentivize a company or someone to do that. Yes, <laughs> this podcast is just for more winners. <laughs> so I can get my million and retire. It'll be great. Um, what else? What else is out, outstanding with this? Um, kind of interesting. Some questions uh, we had at work uh, was talking about the privacy, and again. You're getting a million dollars. I mean, I don't want to make it where, oh, it's got to be on my terms. You know, sometimes you have to play ball. Uh, they're saying there's really not privacy. I mean, your name's going to be used. Um, there was a clause one of reports was showing that, in essence, they could put your name and picture on a billboard. So it's going to be fascinating. I, I can definitely guarantee you that our newspapers here in Ohio would definitely be interested in interviewing that person. I would imagine whoever that person would be would probably be being high demand national too, like you said. So it's yeah. gonna be my my wife is very anti having her face out there. So she's already concerned if she wins. She's like, I'm not doing national TV interviews. I'm like, well, hey, this person is high after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, that's a it's a different law state to state. So some states don't allow any of their lottery winners to stay private because they want that publicity of showing, you know, holding up someone who's won and showing that the lottery really works. So it is different state to state. I'd have to check Ohio's specific laws. It's possible that we do that with all lottery winners. I'd have to, I'd be interested to see if that's true. Well, I think the thing anymore is unless it's a really big lottery prize in Ohio, I mean, it's lost the news value if you win a million dollars in the lottery. And that stuff happens. We're not coming at you for a news story unless you win like the $100 million Powerball or some big you right. know, contest. But, you know, your name's going to be out there. You know, if it's Rachel Coyle, that name will be out there. And I'll be like, oh, I know her. Here's how you get all of her and stuff. I mean, believe me, it's something that a lot of media people will be eagerly looking for to th- be able to tell their story. So, yep. I don't know. It's interesting. Like I said, I mean, we're neutral uh, media people. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to go over, but it, it's fascinating. It's definitely something worth talking about. Um, it's something that will be interesting. Is, is that what you're hearing at the State House? I know, like you said, there was some opposition at the beginning. Is it kind of a wait-and-see mode to see how this goes over before there's more reaction? I do think a lot of folks are waiting. And, you know, there is, there's an argument that if this doesn't work, we spent, you know, $5 million for something that doesn't get people vaccinated. So there are real concerns. It will just, I think a lot of folks are waiting to see how it goes. Um, And it is, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I also love the idea that you only have to enter once and then you're entered for all five weeks. So for folks out there who haven't signed up yet, get get vaccinated now and signed up now. So you get all five weeks chance to win things like that, make it more appealing that they've set it up in a way that uh, really incentivize that, that vaccination to keep everybody safe. Well, and you think about college education. I mean, we're watching a 14 year old home that in all like that's going to, he's going to stay with us through um, his teen years. And, you know, he has autism. I'm not quite sure what his college plans would be. But man, as potential parents of a 14 year old, mm-hmm. you know, when they announce that college scholarship, my wife and I are looking at each other and, um, yeah. you know, we're fully vaccinated ourselves. We're not anti vax at all. Um, we were just wondering with autism what to do with him. You know, he's eligible for one now. We're not sure what to do with his autism and everything. But, you know, we're kind of elbowing each other going, man, college <laughs> scholarship, that's going to save some money. You know, I'll tell you. So. Perfect opportunity to call call his doctor and see what they think. Because, yeah, you don't want to miss yeah. that chance. Get him that scholarship if it's okay. Yeah, so it should be fascinating. Well, hey, I appreciate the time. Like I said, this is was a little less this week about legislative stuff going on. But, man, this is 
the topic of the week. Like I said, just crazy how many people were excited about it. I wrote a piece about late night reaction and yes. that did well. Uh, it's just, it, it was weird. Just a lot of late night people were talking about it as well, too. So that national we should pay attention to. I mean, this will be the most probably eagerly anticipated Ohio lottery. I mean, I, I haven't watched the Ohio lottery draw the numbers in a long time. This may be the highest rated Ohio lottery drawing next week. I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't watch it because you. Anybody could win if you play a lottery or not. Mm -hmm. uh, but anything else we should look forward next week in terms of legislative stuff happening in the House? Lots of things happening. Uh, that that voter suppression bill is moving. It's getting a hearing this Thursday. So we're real, real worried about that. A lot of the uh, coalition groups are worried about that as well. Uh, those anti-protest bills are still hanging out there. There's also a fascinating bill. And by that, I mean deeply troubling. That would um, it, it would ban basically discussions of race and controversial topics like that in classrooms, which a lot of folks have, especially some of the legislators have said makes them worried we wouldn't be able to teach kids about, for example, the Holocaust, uh, you know, or or slavery. Uh, so there are some really controversial bills in the state house right now that we'll have to be watching. Yeah. Keep a good eye on that because I guess one of the, and I, I don't think it's related, but um, anytime you have a very popular discussion topic like Maximilian, there's always a fear of losing track of some of the other stuff that's happening. And I, I'm not even sure exactly how DeWine feels about some of these other issues. Um, he hasn't been directly been asked. There's been obviously a lot of stuff going on with COVID. But, yeah, keep your eye on these other issues, too. Obviously, Maximilian is going to be popular. We're all going to be excited seeing if we won. But, you know, like you said, there's a lot of other issues that are going on that we need to pay attention to. So, uh, check out their website, um, how, how Things Work in the Ohio State House. They have a good Facebook group. Uh, there's classes, there's seminars, um, you know, lots of news stories being shared. And also check them out on Twitter, too. Um, anything else we want you want to share this week, Rachel? Nope, that's it. Just going to remind folks to go to OhioVaxAmillion.com and get that money. All right, well, we will be here next week. Um, Rachel, let's commit to it. If you or I win the Vaximillion lottery, you know, it's not like we'll lose each other's phone number. We'll we'll talk about it. And hey, maybe I'll get the first interview of the winner if it's Rachel. It'll be great. But if Definitely. nothing else, it'll be good to discuss what's happening. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's interesting. And for a news person and someone who does a podcast, it's fascinating to talk about. And I will say bravo, Mike DeWine, for giving us something to talk about. You know, at least it's interesting. It's not boring. And we'll see if it works. So very good. Well, Rachel, thanks for your time. And to everyone else, thanks for checking out The Ohioan. Um, keep tuned for more coverage. Have a great day.